previously on the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. He's done remarkable things in his tenure, bailing us out of the fire. But you got to keep Carlos Correa and you have to keep Dusty Baker. If you're Brooklyn, what do you do with this dude? You got to go. I can't do anything with you. You're not helping me. You got to go, bro. Texas Southern won homecoming 69-0. They brought Dusty in because they needed his reputation. They needed him more than he needed them at the time. And Lamar Jackson is the king of the regular season. He'll win it every year. It's the postseason that's the problem. Kansas City cannot win with that defense. Floyd Mayweather is not a top five welterweight. Do you think that he could have beat Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Durant, Tommy Hearns? And I don't want to snitch on Urban Meyer, but Herb knew old girl. We believe in change and we're prepared for it with new techniques and new approaches. And as for our part, we feel that you're the best pieces of manpower available in this whole region. Let it go out there today, baby. Three, two, one. And once again, our mighty ship is back on course. Welcome to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Oh, mama, there goes that man. You know, ladies and gentlemen, star of our show. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. So glad that you are here. So glad that you have chosen to spend a little time with us as we talk a little bit of sports, maybe a little bit of uh, other stuff sometimes. Not Maybe not this time. A lot of stuff on the sports menu this time out. But first and foremost, welcome and thank you again. And I want to remind you guys, especially if this is your first time listening, you can definitely go and learn more about me and us and what we do here on the website, wadeswordproductions.com. That's wadeswordproductions.com. In addition to that, I want you, when, when you go there, let me say this. When you go there, please subscribe to the email list so you can get periodic emails from your boy. And, <laughs> and we'll keep you abreast of what we are doing. And in an effort, again, to be interactive, we encourage you to give us a call on the sports line 24 hours a day, anytime, day or night. Leave a message, and you may be on the very next podcast with your take, with your opinion, with your disagreement, with your critique, with your request, whatever. You can give us a call at 832-941-6614. That's 832-941-6614. Also on Facebook, the Sports Talk with Devin Wade group and the fan page. Join the group and be a part of all that we do and I know a lot of folks listen, and I appreciate your engagement on all of those levels. But I really want you guys to be a part of the group and give us a call from time to time because we want this to be an interactive experience as much as it can be for now until we get out and we go take this world tour so you guys can hang out with us in person at some point. But with that, this time out, we're going to talk some NFL and a whole lot more with our guy from the special teams unit, former NFL linebacker Eddie Robinson. We'll talk some NFL, some HBCU, some swag stuff, all of that. We'll get into that a little bit later on. We'll have some headlines. Also, I'll tell you not only who was nice, but who was D-nice in the NFL last week. And also, we will give you a Lamont Woe for the big dummy of the episode. We'll have our musical interlude with our resident DJ, DJ Anarchy, and a whole lot more. So with that, without further ado, let's get started with some headlines. In headlines, there are so many things that I want to talk about, and we won't get to all of them. These are the sorts of days where I wish that I could come to you guys every day. 
And unless I'm able to make some lifestyle changes, that's not going to happen yet. But I'm, I want that. I want to come to you guys, especially when so much happens day in and day out that I would love to discuss with you guys. But this time out, I want to get into the Kyrie thing a little bit later on. And I obviously I want to talk some Astros, some Texas Southern football. But let me start with John Gruden, the now former head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. Of course, by now you know that he got caught up because of emails that were racist, <laughs> misogynistic, and homophobic. It's not funny except for the fact that he hit all three. He hit the trifecta. I mean, he he offended just about everybody, it appears, in these emails. They were 11 years old. And after the initial sort of email came out about DeMar Smith, I thought, well, yeah, that's offensive, but I didn't buy in as deeply as, I guess, Randy Moss and some of the other people with this racist trope. And, and I recognize racist tropes. That did not on the surface appear to be that. That seemed personal. Although it's offensive and you damn sure can take it that way if you want, that wouldn't have been enough for me to fire him initially. A lot of people disagree with that. And that's fine. You can disagree with it. But that to me, that was not the line or the straw that broke the camel's back. But the other stuff, the topless photos, the uh, I mean, just you knew it was he was targeted and he was going down. And so after the initial DeMar Smith email failed to garner punishment or suspension or firing, which they came out on a Friday, they leaked more. And so now you get us get to see an entire picture of John Gruden and a lot of people are, are uh, really upset. And I looked at Twitter and a lot of people are cancel culture. And what about this guy who did this? And what about that guy who actually did this and not just use words for a lot of people? Hey, it's going to feel unfair and it's going to appear to be like, oh, well, everybody else can say this. But if a white man says this, then it's a problem. Well, yeah, my white men are disproportionately being brought down by their emails and comments and quotes and interviews and things that they've done and said in the past and, and in the present. And that's tough. <laughs> that's tough for you. But guess what? Since the beginning of time in this country, the perspective of the white male has been the only thing that's mattered. And now with the changing demographic of the country, and through technology and the sharing of information, people are uniting and standing up and saying, hey, we are not going to accept substandard treatment. We're not going to accept people in positions of power that don't view us as equals. And so that is the, the issue. It's not going to feel good. It's not going to feel fair. But the difference between... And again, all of us probably have comments and emails and things that we are not proud of that if you just read them in or out of context would be offensive and shows a lack of growth, maybe some prejudice or some bias. The difference is this was a man in a position of extreme power in a billion dollar organization. Under him, he did have a gay football player. He did have African American players. He do, does have women, or did have women, uh, working in that organization, and he's the leader of that. And he made he he's already made like forty million. He's supposed to make sixty million more. This is not, you know, some guy ranting after his day at the post office. Do you have power? 
And people are saying, hey, you can't have that power if you don't respect my humanity. And then another thing, you know, again, for all the stuff that people say, for most people, and maybe even for him, what you say and how you treat people are two different things. But if we can't decipher, if we're not sure, it's not even close, you got to go. And he went. And so I hope that this serves notice to more people. And, and he's not the only one in the NFL that feels this way. But he got caught, just like speeding. Everybody speeds. But if you get caught, the judge doesn't care. They don't, he, he doesn't care. He's not going to care what the next man did. He cares what you did and what you said. And so, uh, again, it, it's a reflection because I know, I know that there are things that I've said in my evolution, my personal evolution about terminology pertaining to gays and transgender folks has evolved and changed as I've learned more and society has changed. Everything has changed. We could not imagine as a kid having a great gay player an openly gay play in the NFL. Now it really honestly is no big deal at all now that these things have happened. I think the same thing was true for America when it came, as it pertains to having uh, Obama as the president. You had a black president, the world did not end. And now maybe, at some, well, obviously not all attitudes have softened, but you know, it's just one of those things. You can't be in that position because who knows? how his biases and prejudices have affected his hiring, his promotion, who he gives opportunities to. Now, maybe he didn't, but we don't know that. And evidence, there's a pattern of behavior or a pattern of language that you felt so open and comfortable in using in emails uh, that it's a, a big-time problem. So... I think that's just another example of how we need to start to clean up our society and make it more accepting. So this time is John Gruden and he, it, it is what it is. And it'll be interesting to see what will happen uh, to this team on the field. Cause obviously, you know, you can harp on what's happening off the field and I won't get into the hypocrisy of the NFL about this situation because they, the NFL has a lot of work still to be done, but this is a signal that, no, we're not going to tolerate this. Don't know why his emails were targeted so specifically, but I can tell you this, and somebody mentioned this online, this is the reason why the NFL wanted to settle with Colin Kaepernick because they did not want a lot of emails and private correspondence being made public because <laughs> you don't know what you're going to see in there. And hence, they settled with Colin Kaepernick. But they still did not give him what I would say is a, a fair opportunity to come back into the league. But that's going on. You can give me your thoughts on that, 832-941-6614. I think it's a pretty much a, a consensus that, yeah, he had to go. But you still see those Twitter trolls on there, maybe the Russian bots that are saying, hey, uh, that's not fair, and that's cancel culture, but whatever. It's us trying to improve ourselves. And don't cry for John Gruden. He has millions upon millions upon millions of dollars to catch him when uh, after this huge fall. Also, the Astros about to start the ALCS. It is the it's both the 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 best times and just sort of the more anxiety inducing times. 
It's sort of bittersweet because a we don't have Dusty Baker locked down and uh, with an extension, and it it just feels like it sounds like everybody's acting like this is the end for Carlos Correa. But there's a lot of work to be done, and they take on the Boston Red Sox, and I love it because they hate us. And I'm going to get into the White Sox stuff a little bit later on in a Lamont Award. Hint, hint. So we'll get into that a little bit later on. But the Astros have some concerns. McCullers, Lance McCullers Jr. may not be available for the ALCS. And that's a big, big blow. Think about this. In the, over the last few years, all our aces are, have gone or fallen by the wayside. Gary Cole gone, Justin Verlander, now McCullers. Uh, Granky is not what he was, but yet you still have some really good starting pitching. You have a, a better back end of the bullpen, and this is what you this is what you want. And for all my Houstonians, you talk about five consecutive ALCS appearances, five consecutive. That's the most successful run of any pro team in the three major sports. Now, we could talk about the, the, the Houston Comets winning the first four in a row and the Dynamo, they won two in a row when they first came. And obviously the Rockets won two in a row. But they did not go to the Western Conference Final five years in a row. There's that. But they've gone. They've won. They've gone to the World Series twice. They have gone to the ALCS. They've won a division. They've done it all. And they continue to do it, and it's exciting, and it makes me proud. And it especially makes me proud when you see all of the haters continuing to come for the Astros. And it really is disgusting to me. It's upsetting. Again, in the, the bubble that is sports, it upsets me a whole lot that the Astros were so singled out when we know that Boston cheated. We know that the Yankees cheated. And we know that MLB went out of their way to sweep that under the rug and make the Astros the poster boys for cheating in 2017. So it's not that I'm justifying what they did because obviously what they did was wrong. But A, I don't think that they had to do that. And B, I don't think it had as much of an impact on those series as people try to act like. And C... There were other teams that they played against that were doing the same thing. So get out of here with all of that. But I'm rooting for the Astros game one Friday, and we'll have to see what happens with McCullers. It's going to be a lot of runs scored in the ALDS. The Red Sox in four games scored 32 runs, and the Astros scored 31 runs. So it's time to do this thing. The Astros have been there before. I'm excited. If you if you don't even know anything about baseball, just roll up your sleeves, get you a cold one, and sit in front of the television and support those Houston Astros because we've suffered enough in this city. We have to show a lot of love for the Houston Astros. So with that, on the other side, I'm going to get into um, some more. I still have some more stuff I want to get into, including Texas Southern. I want to get into the Kyrie thing as well. And I'm going to tell you not only who was nice, but who was D-nice in the NFL. This is the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Anywhere you get your podcast. To have your comments heard, call 832-941-6614.
Your children are the most precious gift God has given you. Their well-being is of the utmost importance, and finding childcare that exhibits the same belief is, well, non-negotiable. So why not end your search at Brighter Brains Learning Center? Located in Stafford, Texas, Brighter Brains is a licensed, family-owned and operated daycare that promotes an early educational foundation and provides an environment of love, safety, and quality care for children ages six weeks to five years old. For more information, call 346-328-3717 or visit brighterbrainslearningcenter.org. It's Shelly Wade, and welcome back to Sports Talk with Devin Wade. Thanks so much for listening, hanging out with me. We still have the Eddie Robinson conversation coming up. And in that, we are doing a this or that segment. So that's coming up with Eddie. And also, shouts out to our advertisers, to Brighter Brains and CoBank Homes. If you are interested in advertising with us, hit us up at advertise at wadeswordproductions.com. Advertise at wadeswordproductions.com. You want to talk to our audience. You want to have me endorse your product or service because we have a diversity of uh, listeners. We have, I mean, we have fluent listeners. We have Joe Lunchpail. We have all sorts of folks from all walks of life, and they unite in listening to this program. So thank you, and thank you for listening. All over the world, all over the country, we have folks uh, in Belgium. We have folks in Dubai. We have folks all over that have listened and listened to us from all over the country. So thank you guys for that. I'm going to start shouting out to specific cities again. I did that back in the day. I'm going to start doing that again. Well, you know this. Let me uh, get on this because I want to talk about this. You know that I do play-by-play for Texas Southern Tiger football. Well, last week, a couple things. We went to Globe Life Field. That's across from the new stadium and down the sidewalk from Jerry World in Arlington, Texas. Let me tell you this. That little area is laid. It's really, really nice. Everything is new and nice. The game, the the game was great. And the venue was great, but the game was even better. Six lead changes, the Texas Southern Tigers. I'm telling you, they have a dynamic quarterback in Andrew Body. This was a game. And I tell you what, I went in on the officials for a big call in the fourth quarter. Uh, I was right. <laughs> and I, you know, but I was really, really upset with the call at the time. Really upset. But they took their time. And they got it right. But I was on that ass for a while. And I hope I didn't <laughs> offend the officials too bad. But we were upset about that. And clearly it just took them time and some prompting from Coach Clarence McKinney to look at that call and get the call right. It was a it was a placement on a fourth down call. And ultimately Tech Southern got that because it was a, a bad spot. Spot was corrected. Replay proved that the Tigers stopped the Jaguars on fourth down. Tigers get the ball back with 3-0-4 remaining. They go and score a touchdown. Ja'Cory Howard on a on his third touchdown of the evening. Uh, so that he had a big game. But Andrew Body is the truth. He's the offense, SWAC offensive player of the week. He's already been the newcomer of the week. So consecutive weeks of honors. For that young man, he's a he's a special one. And I'm telling you, we're serving notice to the rest of the swag. We are coming. Uh, we're, not, we're, we're not even coming. We're here. 
we are here. And I look, I've been this is my what 29th year calling Tiger football, and I will tell you this: it has been incredible to watch this transformation start to take place. To be at the beginning when it's been so bad for so long, to see consecutive wins, a big win in conference. Tigers are now one and one on the season. Going to Grambling. I'll be in Grambling, Louisiana this weekend to call the game 2 p.m. on KTSU. You definitely want to check that out. An exciting team, 35-31, six lead changes. This is not a bad Southern team. The Tigers were just better. What else did I want to talk about? Some NFL stuff. Russell Wilson out for six to eight weeks. That's bad. NFL just been riveting. It's been really exciting. I know the NBA is doing their thing. They're ramping up. They start next week. We really didn't get into the NBA preview, but so much other stuff is going on. Because, I mean, you talk about college football alone last weekend, Alabama losing to A&M, the comeback by Oklahoma. Wow. How does Texas lift them off the hook in uh, the Red River shootout? They want to call it the Red River rivalry or whatever because it's politically Correct, but come on, nobody's thinking that there's gonna. Well, I don't know, maybe I guess you, yeah, okay, that's fine. I can't, I gotta go into that. So, yeah, we don't want to endorse the gun culture, so we'll call it the Red River rivalry. And Texas blew it, and that was a terrible loss. But so much went on that we have not gotten into the NBA yet. We'll be forced to, and I will get into Kyrie in just a little bit, but in the NFL. We are seeing the emergence of some quarterbacks that is just it's unreal. And we're going to talk about these guys because I'm going to tell you right now about the teams and the players who were not only nice, but they were D-nice. That's nice. That's nice. That's nice. That's nice. That's nice. When you're talking about teams that were D-nice, you have to start with the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens stormed back from 19 down over the Indianapolis Colts. They looked bad on paper, but they played really well the other night. The Ravens were not done with them, but they definitely were D-nice. The Pittsburgh Steelers are not setting the world on fire. However, in light of reports of their ultimate demise, they rose from the ashes to salvage the season to this point. Winning over the Denver Broncos 27-19, they were definitely D-nice. We seem to talk about everybody else but the Buffalo Bills, but the Buffalo Bills keep doing work. They only lost one game on the season. They didn't lose it Sunday night. They went to Kansas City, dominated the Chiefs 38-20. Dawson Knox, tight end, had three receptions, 117 yards, and a touchdown. That team was definitely D-nice. What do you do with a team that is down? Where well, you're the Chicago Bears, you kick them and you kick them hard. That's what the Bears did Sunday versus the Las Vegas Raiders. In light of all the controversy surrounding the team, Rookie Justin Fields, the quarterback, went into Las Vegas and that defense dominated. The Bears won 20-9 and they were D-nice. And finally, when you talk about teams that were D-nice, the bastard child of Los Angeles, the Los Angeles Chargers, they may be the most exciting team in all of football. They put up 47 points in a shootout versus the Cleveland Browns. Herbert was great. Mike Williams was great. Eckler was great. We're not through with them either. They were D-nice. 
when you're talking about players that were D-nice, let's talk about Old Man River. No, not Old Man River, Old Man Bay, as in Tampa Bay quarterback, the old fella, Tom Brady. He was 30 of 41 for 411 yards and five touchdowns versus the Miami Dolphins in a 45-17 victory. He was D-nice. Buffalo Bills quarterback Josh Allen may very well be the best quarterback in the NFL these days. He was 15 of 26 for 315 yards and three touchdowns passing. He also rushed 11 times for 59 yards and a touchdown versus the Kansas City Chiefs. They are balling. He is balling. And he was D-Nice. Wait a minute, did I say Josh Allen may be the best quarterback in the league? Well, Baltimore Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson has something to say about that. He was 37 of 43, 442 yards passing, four touchdowns through the air. Then he rushed for 62 yards on 14 carries in a wonderful comeback. He did everything any quarterback is asked to do. He passed, he threw, he ran, he did everything. He led his team. He was D-Nice. Now, Lamar had somebody he had to pass to, and he found a receiver especially in the second half. Mark Andrews, the tight end, had 11 receptions, 147 yards, and two touchdowns. He was clutch. He caught a two-point conversion. He was D-nice. And finally, I want to show love to Justin Herbert, but he'll have plenty of Sundays. But this past Sunday, his wide receiver, Mike Williams, had eight receptions for 165 yards and two touchdowns in that 47-42 victory over the Browns. Mike Williams and all of those teams and all of those players were D-nice. Tell me what you think. Give us a call, 832-941-6614. Going to take a brief time out. We still have Eddie Robinson coming up. We have a Lamont Award of this or that and more. Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast anywhere you get your podcast. Sports Talk with Devin Wade wants to thank our sponsor, Kofi Bankus and CoBank Homes. The vision at CoBank Homes is simple. And it stems from the belief that clients can trust CoBank to guide them to realize one of, if not the single largest investment decision they will ever make, their home. CoBank simply looks to build lifelong relationships through service. They do this by using faith, knowledge, and technology to guide clients through the process of achieving their real estate goals. Be it buying, selling, or investing in real estate, contact Kofi at 832 757 7950. That's 832-757-7950. Cobank Homes through Keller Williams. DJ DJ Anarchy and of course if you want to check him out go to SoundCloud go to Instagram he has a whole vibe going on they put on a number of events it's my dude he is a, a bad man doing what he does and you definitely want to check that out also if you have music you want on the podcast just email us music at wadeswordproductions.com that's music 
at wadeswordproductions.com. Speaking of music, uh, today, the, well, the day that I'm recording this, it's my father's birthday. He died in 2014, and I'm, he's a music guy. And I want to thank Teddy Beautiful Lewis and the KIHY radio network online for uh, paying tribute to him. Because of me and the Friday Express, I certainly am humbled by that. Uh, but, yeah, plays some, some blues and some Aretha Franklin for the old man. So I'm thinking about my pops today, man. Great, great, great father. And, uh, yeah, just miss him a lot. And I'm, he was always proud of whatever I did. So uh, I'm sure he'll, he would like uh, what we have going on now. And he will be having all of these buddies of his listening to a podcast. On their flip phones. <laughs> that's that's just how he was. So he rode for his family, and for, for me and for my siblings. So, hey, happy birthday to Pops. I'm going to talk to Eddie Robinson and get to a this or that. But I do want to make mention of Kyrie Irving. Since we last came to you, he essentially has decided he wasn't going to take shot. They are not going to make him, and he's just not going to play until something changes, and he has responded on Instagram. Essentially, he said to his critics, oh, no one would say that to my face, and uh, you saying things that hurt my family's feelings, hurt my friends' feelings. Bro, you're doing something selfish. But first of all, I don't care enough about Kyrie uh, and whatever he does but you can tell somebody, and if you can't be receptive to somebody saying you're making a dumbass decision, then you do what you do and, you know, challenge whoever you need to challenge. But this is about you making an idiotic decision. It's stupid. You can get in your feelings and talk about, oh, it's not about the shot. I'm not pro-vaccine. I'm not anti-vaccine. I'm anti-mandate. Bro, how many things do you have to do in life that you are made to do? Putting on your seatbelt in a car, that's a mandate. Stopping at red lights, a mandate. <laughs> I mean, having a car insurance, a mandate. Every, just anything in your life, so many things you are governed by. You have to have a social security card. You have to pay tax. It's mandated that you pay taxes. That's what I'm talking about. He's so smart. He's stupid. What are you talking about? When you get on a plane, it's, it, things, requirements are mandated. And maybe you just fly, uh, you don't fly commercial, however you do it. But your pilot definitely has mandates, things that he must do in order to operate in society and furthermore being you're not a visionary if you're selfish and it's all about you and it's not all about you this is about the collective people in the herd have a virus that can get and kill other people we have to protect the herd best we can i mean obviously some are gonna some seven hundred thousand have already fallen by the wayside we don't have to keep losing people we don't have to take a chance on variants. <laughs> so again, I'm not getting too much into Kyrie because he's just an idiot. He really is an idiot, and I, I really don't care. And yeah, maybe maybe that's a strong way to say it. But bro, that's stupid. It's stupid for your your reasoning is just so far off, and it's just irritating because this is not that complicated. Over six billion people around the world have already had some or all of the vaccine. The earth hadn't flattened out since then. 
So anyway, I, I don't I don't want to give him a whole lot of energy, but instead I do want to talk to our guy Eddie Robinson and uh, get his take on some NFL stuff, and then we have a this or that segment within our conversation, and then Lamont Award on the other side. Here is that mighty Alabama State Hornet, Eddie Robinson. Our guy from the special teams unit, Eddie Robinson, back on board. How are you this afternoon? Oh, man, everything's going good. How's it on your end? Man, it's been exciting on my end. And we're going to talk about why it has uh, been exciting for me because of some HBCU football. I want to get into some swag stuff a little bit later on, but obviously a number of huge stories in the world of sports, but let's start with the biggest one in the NFL with John Gruden resigning, forced to resign, resigned, whatever it was, after emails were uh, discovered and leaked to the media that included some racist, misogynistic, and homophobic language. Yeah, what man, do you got, think about he, he got it all in, in one uh, in one clip, man. You, man, you can't. Can't have all three, man. So that 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 just wasn't very good, and um, I just don't think society has tolerance for that anymore. Whether you're joking, whether you're serious, whether it's in private, whether it's on the golf course, and uh, Dawn short not if it's on an email. So I I think um, once the story was leaked, it was pretty much a no-brainer what was going to happen. But it's it's pretty interesting of of how the story got out. That's my like question for collateral, you. Collateral damage, you know? So Okay, so for people who don't know that the the NFL, they're, in, they're doing a bunch of investigations around the workplace at the Washington football team's organization with cheerleaders and sexual harassment and all just kind of a bunch of stuff pertaining to just a really toxic work environment for the Washington football team. And in the midst of that, they discovered these emails between Bruce Allen, who was then the team president, and John Gruden. Now, here's the question for me. How did just that get leaked? And it seemed like, okay, we leaked the part about DeMar Smith. That wasn't enough. So now we're going to leak some more until we get him out of there. That seemed very targeted. Uh, what do you think about how all of this came about? Yeah, it's it's pretty interesting to say the least just because – like you're saying, how did everything come out? And I think with the other stuff, it kind of went back to the guy. Uh, what's the running back that's at the LSU? And it and it kind of it trickled down to you know cause LSU to have a big investigation. Oh, guys, hey, you talking about guys? Guys, yeah. Uh-huh. So I mean, it, it's just, I mean, these emails must be pretty, you know. And and I'm free because my my first thought was like, okay, so who's going through reading all of these emails? Sixty-five thousand sure emails. Yeah, I'm sure they have a program or something that you can put in keywords, and if these keywords <laughs> come up, I mean, it has to be because I know, I mean, it's, it's mundane. Tax- yeah, you talk about mundane uh, emails, sixty-five thousand emails. There's not, not a lot interesting in, in you know, when you talk about the Correct. scope. Of- yeah, we're we're gonna have two dozen donuts for the meeting tomorrow morning. Okay, no problem, Bruce. All right, got you. You know, say change the flight from three to five. You know, stuff like that. So I mean, it has to be a whole lot of just. You know, generic everyday emails, the way people conversate. But I mean, needless to say, uh, yeah, it's interesting to see how it's leaked. And some people are, are saying that they want all of the emails. Um, Demar Smith is asking for those in the Players Association. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's it's, it's kind of interesting to see because now you're looking at okay, well, I'm sure that Allen didn't only email. 
John Gruden. I'm sure he emailed a lot of other coaches and paid personnel people. So if you if you're gonna have this approach with John Gruden, then you almost have to have it with everyone. I mean, is is one email too many, or once you get over five, is that too many? So I mean, it it can really you know topple a lot of people. I mean, probably everyone except the owners, because I'm more than sure. Uh, you know, the owners are billionaires and they'll figure out a way to, to not get caught up in all of this some kind of way. But uh, it's, it's very interesting. And so it's, it's something that I think you have to keep an eye on. But I think it's, it's definitely showing that in society today, there's a zero tolerance policy. And that's where we are. And it's right. a good place to be because people should be able to go to work or live and, and whatever, you know, whatever you believe in or, or how you look or how you act, talk, whatever, or your religion it shouldn't affect, you know, the outcome of how you treat it. So I think that's what we're trying to get to is just a, you know, 100 percent tolerance for everything. I mean, everybody is individuals. And I talk with kids all the time and I'm like, what if everybody in the third grade looked exactly the same? How boring would that be? I mean, what makes the world so unique is some people are tall, some are short, some are black, some are white, long hair, curly hair. So but those physical features or what do you think or how do you act shouldn't make you feel any better. But it's sure surely shouldn't make you feel like you're inferior to anybody also. A couple of other angles on this uh, that I want to get your take on. So I've heard that this was on Twitter, and this was interesting to me. Someone said, this is why the NFL settled with Colin Kaepernick, because you don't want to start going through all of these Absolutely. emails. And, yeah. And, yeah. So, I mean, that was an interesting take. And also, what's your take on the fact that these were 10-, 11-year-old emails how do we go through maybe pers- people evolving or is it you are who you are? I don't think it's you are who you are. I, I think because if that's the case, you say when a person commits a crime, then they should have life imprisonment and they should never change. And, and I think you have to believe that people can reform. And I mean, but then you have to ask, am I reforming to keep my position of status or am I reforming truly, you know, in my heart and in my actions? And so, I mean, that's something that that's kind of hard to measure. You know, I, I can't tell you what you really feel, whether you're acting or not, or just putting on the show. But in this situation, I mean, it, it is interesting that those emails, I mean, it had it been, you know, a couple of years ago. Yeah. But I mean, you're talking about when he was coaching in the NFL, he stopped coaching and was broadcasting and then went back to coaching at a totally different team. And so but I think it's just showing that the, the time and place that we are today is that there's a zero tolerance policy. And that's the same policy that the players are held by. So what I always tell people and people say, oh, well, the players shouldn't have to. Why should they have to do this? Or why shouldn't they do that? Why can't they smoke marijuana? It's legal in their state, but then they'll get suspended for doing it. And so my thing is, once you take the check, then you commit to everything. If you don't want to do any of that or follow any of those rules and say whatever you want to, then don't take the check. But once you cash the check, then you got to follow the rules. And so part of the rules of the NFL is you have a conduct policy, you have a foreign substance policy and everything else. So once you take the check, you got to follow the policies. And that's that's with any job. And that's just the way it goes. And um, if you don't like the policies, give the check back. So simple. Yeah. And the one thing that I do point out about the Gruden thing is if you go through all our emails and the evolution of our views on certain things, I think a lot of people have changed, especially when you talk about the mainstream acceptance of gay players in the NFL and in sports period and in society. So you talk about some of the evolutions that have happened over the last 10, 15 years. The difference is he's in a position of power. 
And there cannot be any, you can't lead people if you have somebody in this category that you offended in those emails and that category that you offended in that category. And, and really, he has all three working under him. You have African-Americans. You have a gay football player on the Raiders team. You have women that work in and around that organization. And he's the leader of that organization. So he has to take the hit. So a lot of people are like, oh, well, we all say, hey, doesn't matter. Just like we all speed, but if you get caught, you get caught, and the judge's not going to ask you what Jimmy down the road did. He's just going to look right. at what you did. So, you know, that's my take on, on that part. Well, and I, and I think the biggest part is, you know, kind of like you're saying, I mean, the language that even myself used as a kid is considered inappropriate today. And it's not so much the feelings that came with the language, it just was the commonplace. I mean, even the N-word, which I just, I still use the, the full word myself, in right. full disclosure. Right. But in certain settings where, you would, where, where you're talking amongst friends. But I think when you're sending emails with your work emails on an NFL website, that's, although it's among friends, you still it's kind of like the, when I started doing broadcasting with ESPN, the first thing, Charlie Neal told me, he said, Eddie, the mic is always hot. So that's <laughs> like, so you never, you yep. never, ever, never, ever, ever assume that we're at a commercial break. The mic is always hot. So anything you say on there, make sure you're okay with it being on live TV. And so I think you have to do, use the same thing with John Gruden. Maybe you don't really feel animosity towards this class or group of people, but the fact that you use derogatory terms and you use them in the in the work email, then at that point you have to take all of the criticism and critique that comes with that. And so if, if you were saying those same things at a barbecue and you said it in the in a festive or joking manner, and maybe the people who, that it would offend weren't around, then maybe that's a little bit different. But when you when you're using these words and you're saying them in an email that's a work email, then people are going to assume that that's how you feel all the time. So maybe, you know, maybe he doesn't have any type of animosity or bigotry towards the group of people that he offended. But the fact that he put it out there on, on the work email, you kind of have to take the whole ride with it, which is why <laughs> right. you got to ride with those words. You got yeah. to you got you to ride with those words. And, so and, and because because a lot of the words that we use today, you know, and the biggest thing is if that group of people feels offended by it, then at that point, you can't judge to say, well, I don't I don't understand why that offends them. Well, that's not for you to understand. Right. The fact that they're offended by being called certain words means that you stop using those words. Exactly. I mean, when we were kids, you know, we used to use the words like stupid and dumb and stuff like that. Retarded. So now we yeah, know you can't use that you're retarded. Words. Yeah, you don't use those words because that group of people is sensitive towards that and they do not want to be referred as that. So it's not for me to say, oh, well, you should be okay with that. No, that's a, you know, that, that makes no sense. And so I think that's the biggest thing is that you have to let the people who are in the minority group determine how they would like to be referred to. And then you have to be respectful in order to and, and do it. And you have to do it all the time. And when you don't do it on the public email, not public, but still a work email, then you have to you have to live with the consequences. So, Well, let me ask you about the team on the field because this is a formidable team. I think, I personally think, all this broke Friday. I think what happened on Friday affected them. I don't think they would have lost to the Chicago Bears. Maybe they would have, but I'm just going out there. So you're talking about a team that's 3-2, and two, and they were 3-1 and one going into that game. What is going to happen with them moving forward? What do they have left this season under the interim coach and, and moving forward? How, how formidable can they be? as a, an opponent in this league? 
Well, I think they're a pretty good team, but I, I keep telling you, I think they're going to go as far as the quarterback takes them. I think he's the one limit to see how good of a team they can be because, you know, he teases you and he does some really good things. But then to me, he can be inaccurate with the football and he makes mistakes. But I think if you look at the talent that they have at the running back position, quarterback, you know, the big tight end who's really, really good. Waller. I mean, yeah. yeah, Waller. Defense is pretty good. Jacobs. I mean, so they have players in place. That makes them a formidable opponent. I mean, you still have the Chargers and, the, and of course, the Chiefs and the Broncos who are playing well. So, yeah, a really tough division. Maybe what I could even say, maybe one of the best divisions in the NFL with those four teams. And so it would still have been a struggle to stay at the top, should I say. But, yeah, losing to a team like the Bears really hurts because that's one. And when you look at that schedule, you say this is a team that we should have beat. So. So with that, let's transition into talking about the NFL with a segment that we call This or That. The choice is yours. You can get with this or you can get with that. In this segment, what I do is I give you two choices. I'm going to give you two different teams. You tell me which one that you prefer to the other. Let's start in the AFC. The best team in the AFC, this or that, the Buffalo Bills or the Los Angeles Chargers? That's a tough one. So, man, I like both of those teams. So if I had to pick one, I would probably go with the Buffalo Bills. And why? I mean, obviously they are 4-1, so are the Chargers. The one loss for the Bills, the opener at home versus the Pittsburgh Steelers, and the Chargers lost at home to the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Why are you giving the Bills the edge in this situation? Well, I I think Josh Allen is a a year ahead of Herbert. And I think Herbert's going to be really good. I mean, he's good now. He's going to throw for thousands of yards. I mean, he's my fantasy quarterback, and I'm loving the guy, right? Tenth-round pick, sleeper. Yeah, and on the other hand, you know, Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills, what I like about him is he's he's a little bit further down the line. He's played in the playoff game. He has more experience. And I I think that'll really uh, go a long way with the Buffalo Bills. And the biggest thing is that they're in – a better division as far as trying to win the division. And to make the playoffs, you have to win the division. You don't have to, but that's the best way because then you're guaranteed at least a home game even if you don't get the bye week. And I just think that the Bills are, are better poised to win that division. Of course, you have the Jets, the Patriots, and the Dolphins as opposed to you know Chiefs, Raiders, and Denver. So it's just a better outlook when you look at the opponents. And those six games are crucial. I mean, those are games that when you win a division game, not only is it a win for you, it's a loss for the other team, and that goes a long way. Yeah, and then uh, if they do you know, dominate that division and it looks like there are no real obstacles in their way, they're doing exactly what the Patriots were able to do for years. Like Just years. Yeah, exactly. yeah, breeze through a horrible division, get home field, and then you got to come into the cold and the snow and all of that, and it looks like the Bills are headed for that blueprint. But I'm telling you, man, both of those teams have just really upset the apple cart as it pertains to the Kansas City Chiefs uh, and stealing their thunder so far, not to mention another team in the Baltimore Ravens. But let's go to what's next on this or that. This or that in the NFC, the Arizona Cardinals 5-0 and or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This or that, which one you like? I think I'm going to go with the Arizona Cardinals. And I mean, I, I like Colin Murray. Um, I like the defense that the Cardinals have. I mean, you have the old Texan with Watt. I just think that they have an offense that's unique enough and a quarterback that's talented enough that it can give defenses trouble. Even though he's been in the league a couple of years and teams can, can try to figure him out, 
I mean, they were right there last year and they kind of fell apart at the end. But I think the experience of, of having that playoff run next last year and not quite making it kind of puts them over the top. And with Tampa Bay, I mean, you're the champs. So, I mean, you're going to get the best game from everybody. And, I mean, still a good team and uh, definitely right there. But Gronkowski is hurt. You got to – I mean, you got to wonder if, if, if Brady's going to have at some point old age has to catch up. But, you know, it hadn't, you, didn't Sunday, five touchdowns, 411 yards, and that was without this, Gronk. <laughs> yeah, but this, this guy is, I mean, great player, no doubt. But, man, when I tell you everything seems to go his way all the time, it's like a Hollywood movie. So even when he plays bad, the team picks him up. And you just have to wonder at some point they'll have a letdown. So, But I, I just think the Cardinals are a little bit poised to move ahead. And then with that division also, I mean, you still have the Saints and the, and the Panthers who are playing well. So you, you see you maybe have a little bit more obstacles with that first-place schedule that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have. I don't know, man, because you look at Arizona, you still got uh, to deal with the Rams and, and well, Seattle kind of falling a little bit on hard times. That's a tough one. So finally in this or that, of these two teams, which one is more likely to get to the Super Bowl, the Dallas Cowboys or the Kansas City Chiefs, this or that? I already picked. I'm, I'm rolling with the Cowboys until they make it. And I'm not a Cowboys fan. Like, I am officially don't like the Cowboys. But I just look at the pieces that they have, and I just feel like the Cowboys. I thought last year they could do it, of course. You know, once the quarterback got hurt, then when Dak, it was it, it all fell apart. But I think if they can stay healthy with Cooper and Dak and Zeke, I mean, they they have a good enough offense with the ball control and the big playability by the quarterback where they can win. The key is can the defense give them some support. But I well, yeah, and they and they've been built, beating up on inferior offenses when you talk about Philadelphia and to some degree <laughs> Carolina. So yeah. I kind of will go, go. Let's talk about Kansas City, though, on the other side of that. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to bet against Mahomes. I mean, I I thought this guy was going to break Tom Brady's record. I mean, losing that Super Bowl last year kind of flipped it, where it would be like almost impossible to catch him now. I mean, hey, the Chiefs are still a more formidable opponent. They've had some chinks in the armor, but they'll be there at the end. And, And I think with Mahomes, you just can't really count him out because he's so talented at quarterback. I mean, he's, He's kind of like how John Elway was. I mean, you could be up by 14 points with three minutes left in the game, and you still didn't feel comfortable. You were like, can we get the zeros on the clock? You know, so Mahomes is that kind of quarterback, and they have that type of explosiveness in offense. But until they start playing a little bit better and more consistent, then you know, we'll see. They'll be around at the end. But I personally just feel like the Cowboys have something moving in the right direction. Whether it'll show up this year or not, we'll see. But I think at some point, you know, every dog has his day. You know, and I think Kansas City has some issues turning over the football. I don't know what was going on with them the other day. And it just they just weren't together. And defensively, they have some big problems. What do you think Josh Gordon is going to give them? He did play. He was active. He did play the other day. What do you think he can give them uh, moving forward if he can keep his head together? Yeah, I mean, Josh Gordon, nobody ever questioned his ability to make plays. And, and he's the guy that you can throw the football to even if he's covered. I mean, he's a he's a big, oversized, strong receiver, you know, tall, athletic, and just another weapon and, and another person that you can't really double the other playmakers. So, you know, if you can't double guys, you know, you can't double Kelsey, can't double the Cheetah because you have Gordon out there also. I mean, if, if he's the guy getting the one-on-one, 
I think everybody feels comfortable. Hey, let me throw it up to Josh Gordon and see if he can make a play because he's that type of talent. What about the game, the 19-point comeback by Baltimore? It seemed like Indy, Indy was really impressive. They ran the ball well. They were playing great defense. And then Lamar Jackson happened to him. What did you think about the Monday night game, which was in, in just a fantastic game? Yeah, I mean, Lamar, I mean, he, he does so much – with the running the football that you forget that he 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 usually throws for like three three fifty it may only have like sixteen to seventeen completions and it may not be that that beautiful efficient drop back passing game but when a guy has that ever present threat of running is he's always going to be passing lanes open because even if you're playing zone or man you're looking at your coverage but you're kind of in the back of your mind or in the front of your mind you're worried about him taking off running and then once he does take off run he's getting to that point where. You don't want to be a, a running quarterback who throws. You want to be a passing quarterback who can still run. And he's high-level running, but you still want to be able to bait that defense in and then make those big throws down. And the he field. did. He, yeah, he, he, that's what he does. Yeah, and so he gives you that threat of I'm about to run for the first down, and all of a sudden you give up a touchdown because you, you take your eyes off your coverage. So very hard person to try to defend. So the HBCU, let's get to the swag. Let's talk swag. Um, wow. Back, they say. Yeah, man, what about – well, first of all, hey, kudos to Texas Southern. We did our thing. Six lead changes in the Arlington football showdown against the Southern Jaguars. Our first swag win in a while, but we got it. And now we are one and one in the conference. On the other side, Jackson State just obliterated the defending champs, the Alabama a and Bulldogs, and then your team, what did the Alabama State Hornets team do over the weekend? The Alabama State played uh, Arkansas Pine Bluff. It was, you know, homecoming, so that was that was always a good deal. Got to see a, a lot of friends, and, you know, I was on that 91 championship team that went, went undefeated, and so um, a lot of those guys are back in town, so it was recognized by the, by the school on the field. So it, it was a good weekend, but I think, I mean, the big story of the conference, I mean, the, the game of the year, you know, in, in the first half was absolutely Jackson State versus Alabama A&M. And like you said, it wasn't even a contest. And, uh, and Jackson State really just flexed their muscle defensively. I mean, they have guys who are athletically and size-wise or just a little bit, you know, where they outmatched Alabama A&M. And so I think Cornell Maynard kind of got everything he asked for, you know, like, yeah, they, and then some, yeah. like they say in Texas, you 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 grab the horns, you're going to get the whole bull, and that's exactly what he got. <laughs> yeah, and, man, you talk about the kind of trash talk. That was kind of throwback. That You know, sort of the, the, yeah, the way he it. is. It, yeah, it was good, man. It was a lot of fun, entertaining. It was. It, I think it's good for but the you, conference. Yeah, but you're going to have to show up when you run your mouth like that. So, <laughs> And then let's look at the West real quick. I mean, Prairie View rolling right now. They're in the driver's seat. Can they deal with those Braves from Alcorn State? The championship to me, and and I, hey, I'm you know I'm an Alabama State guy, so I, I'm I've never been a big Alabama and them fan, and I think you know, that title in the spring, you, you got to have an asterisk by it because of course Alcorn didn't play football. Now that's not Alabama A&M's fault, and you never apologize for winning, and you definitely don't apologize for winning the championship. So, but if you if you look at what's going on now in the fall of 2021, I mean, Alcorn State still has their hand all in the championship pot. And from a standpoint of who will make it out the East, because they still have a big game at Jackson at the end, and whoever does make it out the East, you may have to play Alcorn. And even with Prairie View, if you want to make it out the West, you're going to have to beat Alcorn, seems like. So I think the winner of that game 
early on teams like will be the team that represents the West. And and but Prairie View, I mean, Coach Dooley's doing a great job. They're getting better each week. I saw them against Pine Bluff. I went to that game, you know, forty five minute drive, and they look pretty good. I mean, I, I think they're getting better each week. They have the transfer kid uh, that's playing at quarterback who's only going to get better Mm -hmm. so i think prairie view is definitely one of those teams that's in contention not just to win the west but to win the conference well i think honestly and people would think this a joke but it's not i do think that tsu will have some say i think that there's a couple teams in there that we can really uh, upset now again i know that's that's tall talk after just one win but we go to grambling for their homecoming this weekend and I fully expect the Tigers to win this weekend. And then you wow. get the Braves. You expect. I expect. You expect. It. Like last week you were saying, hey, I think we got a chance. Now, Devin Wade saying, I'm expecting. So you're getting on the bus like, hey, man, let's go get this W. Hey, so hey, I don't get on the bus, but I will be there. <laughs> I will be there expecting a win. But, you know, you sound just like the average fan. And one thing you have to, you always tell your team, you're never as good as you think you are. You're never as bad as you think you are. So, you know, even though, you know, Texas Southern hadn't won any games, they were playing hard. Like you said, they played hard against Rice. They they, they were in some other games. So you, you have to say that they were never really that bad, as people were saying. But now they get this big win over Southern, and they're probably really not that good as everybody thinks well, they are. So they're probably, but, like, right in the middle. But so here's so the just deal. kind of temper your expectations is all I'm going to tell you. So, but a lot of that has to do with Gremlin. Gremlin's struggling. Uh, well, that's struggling true, too. Yeah, the so team, that's part the of The team you're playing can definitely have a, a lot of uh, influence on how you look. Now, it's <laughs> their homecoming, but I really feel confident that uh, – and, again, I think – think that we can match up our receivers can match up with any secondary in this conference and i think now with the kind of quarterback play that we've gotten hey man katie boy hey, you said it hey, you you put it on air you recorded it it's it's in the history books you expect a win versus the grambling Tigers. Sure man, do. that sounds like some bulletin board material for me well hey they can use it hey they, they listen to the podcast in grambling so <laughs> so look while we're talking about team people uh, making oh, the i'm gonna tell you make sure not to cut you off make sure when you're down there i don't know if you've ever been to the eddie robinson museum but it's like ranked one of the the, the top museums in the country please go a couple hours early to check that museum out. well you're it's gonna, gonna be tough it. this time because homecoming you know homecoming up down the hill is it's rough they're they gonna be barbecuing and cooking every animal that's that's alive <laughs> and they won't be at the uh, the eddie robinson museum yeah be yeah. going in there tell me with the press i sent you well you know i told you this before the very first interview i ever did period the very first in-depth interview i did was with eddie robinson and he treated me like I was Bob Costas or somebody. He sat down with me for over 45 minutes. It was a history lesson. It was more about life. It was about his legacy. It was about all of this stuff, how many times he went. He, he wasn't bragging. He was telling stories. And through the course of the stories, he talked about how many times he'd gone to the White House. And this is what, you know, this is what he tried to do in building me. It was, man, it was, a, it was the best thing ever. It really was, and that was my very first interview uh, with Eddie Robinson. So that that was uh, that was always that's always going to be special to me because he did treat me with the level of respect. I'm I'm a kid, and he he, right. he he gave his time, and he treated it seriously. And I can't, man. That that's a once in a lifetime sort of thing that I'll always cherish. Now we talked about you know a, a, never apologizing. I think you, maybe you need to apologize for your Yankees, man, because oh, now you that, got the that, Astros well, and the Red Sox. It's getting kind of late in the day, man. Like the connection <laughs> is loose. Nah, yeah, Yankees. That you know that one game playoff is always tough, and and 
And the Yankees have been a really streaky team this year. They they win 12 and lose 10. So it was almost a toss-up as far as what team would show up in the one-game playoff. Well, let me ask you this. Who do you think is going to the World Series? And, and I mean, obviously, I think most people in the National League think the winner of the Giants-Dodgers is going to the World Series in the National League. But what about Boston versus the Astros? I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot going on with this one. But, I mean – the Astros have the home field and the Astros play well. And you and if you if you gotta win four out of seven, trust me, you want those four in your home stadium, especially when you're talking about Fenway. Fenway has the mystique, the pesky pole, the green monster. It's, it's all kind of different little quirky things that can happen in Fenway in the bottom of the ninth when you're up by three and all of a sudden they do something to, to beat you in the end of the game. So I think having that seventh game in Houston, if it comes to that really will benefit the Astros. I think the Astros have to be the favorite in the AL right now. And and in the and in the National League, I mean I think the Dodgers are still right there if, if they can, you know, get get to that next step. Yeah, that's gonna be a big um, game. I don't know if they can get past the Giants in that one game. Because again, Scherzer may may be able to come off the bench and pitch a couple of innings, but they're gonna have to depend on starting pitching and that's not one of the ace guys, I don't guess. I don't know I don't know the Dodgers like that. So I don't know. I'm just going by hearsay but i've been concentrating so much on the astros and you know you try they tried to trash talk the astros and oh, they did. and, and yeah, astro put 10 on that chicago, ass. Well, chicago manager and dusty baker you know they they have i think they said they they counted like how many times the teams that they have coached had betting's clearing brawls so they they have <laughs> they had a history as they as they say in the streets you know they had a history so yeah, but, yeah. but you know what I think the biggest thing with the Astros is if it to me it's not even about the Astros. It's about Dusty Baker. I mean, you're talking about a guy that's taken five different teams to a a pennant title, but to a division title, should I say? And so, if he can cap his career by managing a world championship team, man, that'll be. Great. I mean, if there's ever a, a old coach who deserves it, who came out of retirement to take on this project of after the cheating scandal and everything like that, and just has been, you know, great at, at giving the team a uh, that, that high character and that sheen, you can't root against Dusty Baker. So I'm definitely, you know, and I and I root for the Astros unless they're playing the Yankees, but right now I'm, I'm 100% Dusty Baker. I'm probably going to buy me a Dusty Baker jersey by the time the World Series hey, comes. Hey, man, today. that dude is amazing. Carlos Correa is amazing. Now they're throwing out the number like, he could he could garner a four hundred million dollar contract. I'm like, oh well, we we certainly out of it. Well, I tell you what, he, he did a good job of waiting a year, didn't he? Man, God, <laughs> Lay on yourself, baby. <laughs> yeah, but I tell you what, that's it, that's the heart and soul of this team. I hate it. I hate to think about this being his last few games here, the last maybe uh, 13 games or whatever, 14 games, whatever, how many ever they go um, in his career as Astro. But man, that's tough. But I mean, but can you? I don't know. Is if that's the number, you would almost want to ask: Can we get a hometown discount? I mean, you know, Altuve and Correa were the guys. Springer, of course, were the guys who were there. You know, when the team was really bad, and and Correa, of course, they they kind of kept down, and I think he might have missed most of those hundred lost seasons. Yeah, he they, missed a couple of those. Yeah, yeah, they didn't they didn't he bring him up right away, why. although he everybody knew he was ready, and um, Altuve caught all of them. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. but then and, and then Springer, but you know, Springer didn't have a great year with the Blue Jays, and so you have to wonder is is that magic that you feel in the locker room, that comfortability of hitting at home, and 
and that type of stuff? Will it follow you to the next place? And then, you know, that $300, $400 million contract has three or $400 million expectations. And so, you know, you can't, you can't go 10 games without a hit, without people looking at you like, Hey man, we didn't overspent you a bus. Yeah. So it's almost like, do you, do you take 250 and have that comfort? I mean, that's hard to tell a guy yeah, that take 250 of instead of three. Leave a hundred million on the table. But you <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, he's like, nah, yeah, whatever, Eddie. That ain't so, the real world. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, it, it's one of those things where it'd be great for the Astros. And I think great for Correa, if he could be that guy who plays his whole career, down that minute, but hey, I told you, man, it's, just, it's hard to ask. Yeah, it, he's already in my top, maybe my top five all-time Houston athletes. He, he's, he's top ten for sure. Whoa, whoa, whoa! You told my, my so favorite. you're saying in the Mount Rushmore of Houston he, sports, he, he's now, right on the now, outside. If you just said Astros, I maybe could have went with that, and that would have been a stretch. You'd have been number five. But when you're talking about the city of Houston, stop it. I'm man. talking about my favorite. My favorite. I ain't saying the best. I'm not. Okay, but, Nolan Ryan, Earl no, Campbell, no, 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 Moon, Ryan. Yeah, yeah. The Dream. Come on, man. We haven't even. I'm. I'm almost at five. Uh, Simone Biles. Uh, I'm talking Carl about Lewis. I mean, come, we're not we're not talking about best. We're talking about my favorite. Now, your favorite ah, ain't always whatever. the best. So, so here's my favorite. Can I mean, we go to the replay? Can we? Can we? Can we rewind this part of it? <laughs> I'm just saying. He, he's he's. He, man, look, he is in the now. He's a champion. He's about that life. He he represents. He don't let people talk noise to him. He he's come up big in the biggest moments. The the dude is clutch, man. I'm talking about. Okay, obviously you got Moon, you got Dream, you got Earl. Those three, nobody. Nolan Ryan. Then I put Clyde in my in that at four. I, I wouldn't put no. No one wasn't one of my favorite. I, like, I tell you what. Once you think this over, yeah. we can pick it up next week. <laughs> right now, you just you stumbling and bumbling, no, man. You're not I'm trying to make think it, it through. Like you yeah. all over the place. No, that. I'm just saying. I'm thinking. Of, I was thinking it through. But I'm, yeah, we can get into it later. But I'm just talking <laughs> that, about hey, that, my favorite. That needs to be a segment. Yeah. Name your top five athletes in Houston, and it has to be influential. You know what I'm saying? Because. I mean, you can you can even say, "What's my man?" Oh man, I, I forgot his name. Heisman Trophy winner at U of H. I mean, that was huge. Andre Ware. Andre Ware. Yeah, I mean, that, yeah, that no, was at that at the time. It. I mean, he put. I mean, not that U of H football was insignificant, but I mean, to win a Heisman Trophy that was out big. of the blue in the Southwest Conference with a passing team, running, shooting. I mean, yeah, that was huge. So I mean. You know, it's it's a lot of it's I mean, a but lot again, of we're not talking about athletes who yeah. come through Houston. Oh, no, and you, yeah. you got to have Simone Biles on there. I mean, she's like Carl Lewis. <laughs> Carl, I said Carl Lewis. Okay. That's what I'm saying. How can he be in your top five? That's my point. But I'm not talking about the five best. I'm talking about my personal favorite. Like, okay, who's your favorite boxer? Well, put it like this: He'll have to have a hell of an October. <laughs> I mean, I'm mean, I'm talking about you. <laughs> okay, he's so have you to have a, a walk off. Over the green monster, like <laughs> just grand so, slam. We so, were down by three with no hope and stuff. stuff. So you've I mean, made your it, point. It had to be monstrous. <laughs> you you actually made your point. So yeah, he made. Thank he's you. not a, <laughs> but he's still among my favorites. He's about absolutely <laughs> favorite is yeah fan favorite and and you gotta love the way oh, yeah. he reps the city. He absolutely reps the city and and he wasn't you know he was a guy that was drafted here. 18-year-old, he right. was the pick. You know, everybody knew he was going to be that guy, number one pick. And you waited for him to develop, and you hoped that he was what everybody said he was going to be, and he was. And he delivered big time for the World Series. And he's I mean, he's a clutch player. He's much better in the playoffs than the regular season, which I'm sure Warren Moon, would, if he had the choice, 
do you want to throw 5,000 yards in the regular season? Do you want to win in the playoffs? I right, mean, every player right. would say, hey, let me be that playoff darling, you know? So sometimes the sports is cruel like that. You but just, you know what? Sometimes it's better in the regular season than playoffs. So. But people say that, and then they give they give Eli hell. And he yeah, won. correct. Yeah. <laughs> and then Warren, they give it Warren hell. I mean, you get you catch it on both sides. Warren you got to be, you got to do both in the end of the, because Eli is like, that guy was garbage. He was the worst quarterback ever to win two Super Bowls. And <laughs> yeah, he probably but, was. But, but he won I too. Mean, but he won too. And, and, and trust me, Dan Marino, Warren Moon, uh, Boomer Sison. I can go on and on and on of all of the guys who would say, you give me those two damn Super Bowls and I'll give back these 10 Pro Bowls <laughs> any day of the week. <laughs> yep. you know? Damn Fouts. Tony <laughs> Romo. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's the list of guys, you know? Yeah. So how can folks reach out to you on social media? Hey, I'm at Erob50 on Instagram and Twitter. And, and, and if you have a top five, send it to me because I know for sure it won't. It won't be Carlos Correa unless no. he just hits See, like 600 again. in this in this playoff run. But I didn't say I never said it he did. was. He it was the best. I said Rewinded. he was my favorite. And, and so and again, he's not even my favorite once I got to talking about it. But we'll revisit that. <laughs> Right. <laughs> I think that's gonna be a segment. Yeah. I think I backed you in the corner on that one, buddy. You, just, yeah. you come out swinging next week. <laughs> yeah, I, I got that covered. So yeah, I have my list. But hey, man, we appreciate you as always. All right, take it easy. To have your comments heard, call eight three two nine four one six six one four. Thanks to Eddie as always, and if you want to hit him up, you certainly can at Erob50 on Twitter. So be sure to shout him out and give him some grief about his baseball stuff or some of the other stuff that he loves to uh, talk about. But we certainly appreciate and enjoy him. Before I get to the Lamont Award, you know, they talked about the Wilder Fury fight. I touched on it. I was not excited about it. And apparently it was a very entertaining fight. Five knockdowns. That's pretty entertaining. And those are some ginormous men punching each other. But I heard people say, oh, this is the best fight I've ever seen in my life. Sight unseen. I did not see the fight. But I guarantee you, I could pick out 10 rounds, individual rounds. Let's go Riddick Bowe, Holyfield, one round 10. Let's go Diego Corrales and uh, Juan Castillo, um, Round five, I think it was. Or maybe that might have been round 10. Let's go round 15 of Holmes versus Ken Norton. I mean, they're rounds. They're rounds that I could pick that are better than that fight. Not That's sight unseen. So maybe that's not fair. So I didn't mention that. But also, I uh, want to get my prediction. Got to get my prediction. We will beat the Grambling Tigers. I want to get that in before I get into my Lamont Award. So, again, tell me what you think about any of that. 832-941-6614. But it's time for the Lamont Award. I don't want to wish you no bad luck, but I hope your ship sinks. With no lifeboats and no life preservers and a school of piranhas surrounding you, you big dummy. The Lamont Award goes to the player, team, entity, someone in or around the world of sports that we deem to be the big dummy of the episode. Well, you didn't think I was going to forget, right? I saved it to the end. The ALDS just concluded, and the Red Sox beat the Tampa Bay Rays, and the Houston Astros, my Houston Astros, your Houston Astros, defeated the Chicago White Sox. But it was not without controversy because by now everybody is, has dealt with the 2017 
been cheating Seattle for a while. And I've gone in on that all the time. And it really, again, I'm very irritated about that. And we know that the fans are going to give people the blues. But for the most part, baseball's moved on because the Astros have moved on. Brand new general manager, brand new players, brand new manager, whole new situation. And a few of the guys remain, Jose Altuve, uh, a lot of those other guys have moved on. But Ryan Tapera has decided some journeyman pitcher who actually is from Houston, went to Brazoswood High School, which is outside of Houston, but the greater Houston area. He's he, a stone's throw from Houston, and he went to, I think he went to Sam Houston State. So anyway, he decides to imply without evidence and without looking at stats that, oh, the Astros, something's funny, something funny's going on. So what you go and do that for? Why would you do that? I mean, obviously you had no evidence. You were just talking out of your And I tell you what, Carlos Correa wasn't having it. He said what he said. Um, just, you know, I encourage the players to, when, when you're going to talk shit about other teams, just stay facts. You know, if, if you don't stay facts, then you lose credibility in this game. And, uh, you know, it's... Uh, it's unfortunate that he had to say those words because we came out here hungry and uh, he showed up. So there you have it. If you're going to talk ish about other teams, just state facts or keep your mouth closed. You lose credibility. See, if you want to know why I love Carlos Correa so much and this is why he came up with, uh, with Eddie, that's why. I mean, you know, it, it, so many times people politically correct and they don't say. So, look, he said what it was. He said what they were talking about in the clubhouse. He said, yeah, okay, yeah, we heard you. Dusty was like, oh, I never even heard of the guy, Tapera. And, and, and this is what makes no sense at all. This guy is from here. He's a journeyman pitcher. He might love to end his career in Houston. That's done. That'll never happen now. But he could have came in, maybe got you know, a sweetheart hometown deal to end his his fledgling career for the Astros. You know, a local guy comes in in front of a family and plays in the, for the hometown team. He shot that down. And not only did he do that, he pissed the Astros off. And so when he ran his mouth, they won game three. But in game four, the Astros put 10 on that. That's what they did. They put it on them, and it was all not just because of him, but I'm sure you can owe at least four or five or six of those runs to Ryan Tapera. And even though he wasn't even on the mound, he gets those charged earned runs. And you also get a L, and you get to end your season, and you also are a big dummy. You big dummy. <laughs> <laughs> Can you believe this guy? Can you believe he would do this to his hometown team? Don't get that good, man. I don't it's not even game seven. So and you turned up the intensity and you paid for it. So with that, before I let go. Before I let go. Before I let go, hey, wanna thank Eddie, wanna thank our sponsors, Kobach Homes and Brighter Brains. Wanna thank you guys, wanna thank DJ Anarchy, wanna thank all of the folks who uh, interact, who go to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade group page, who've signed up for the email list, who uh, call in. 
We want to get more of those phone calls in. Give me your D Nices. Give me your Lamont Award nominees. Any of those things. 832 941 6614. The Sports Talk with Devin Wade page and group on Facebook. On Twitter at Wade's Word. Be sure to check us out. 2 p.m. on Saturday, Texas Southern versus Grambling State. And if you don't remember anything else, remember these four things. Number one, I don't do no favors after 6 o'clock in the evening. Two, I ain't got no money. Three, I'm not harboring any fugitives from justice. And four, bye. (laughs) This has been the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Remember, you can follow him on Twitter at Wade's Word. Thank you for listening.